Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen. Let this sanctuary become your abode. Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah. Again, it's good to have everyone. Thank God for such a wonderful missions report this morning. What God is doing. Amen. Praise God. I know those brethren in Uganda is going to be excited when they get their Bibles. Amen. To be able to have a Bible. Amen. Amen. Again, it's so good to have everybody in the house of the Lord today. Amen. Don't forget, next Sunday, come ready to have some fun on the outside. 1030. Amen. We'll get ready to have some fun. All day fun. To the book of Acts this morning. If you have your Bibles, chapter 21, Acts chapter 21, verse 10 through verse 14. Acts chapter 21, verse 10 through verse 14. And Scripture says... And as we tarried there many days, there came down from Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. And when he was coming to us, he took Paul's girdle and bounded his own hands and feet and said, Thus saith the Holy Ghost, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bound the man that owneth this girdle and shall deliver him into the hands of of the Gentile. And when we heard these things, both we and they of that place besought him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, What mean ye to weep and to break my heart? For I am ready not to be bound only, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. But when he would not be persuaded, we cease saying, the will of the Lord be done. And I want to minister to you for a few moments today from this thought. When hearing from God ain't fun. When hearing from God ain't fun. Pray with me again. Lord, we praise you again today. Again, God, your grace and mercy, O oh God, shadow us, O oh Lord Jesus. I praise you this morning, God, for all that you do, God. Sweet Holy Spirit, sweet Heavenly Dove, stay with us, God. Let us not leave the way that we came. But, God, let us leave changed, renewed, and refreshed in the Holy Ghost. And we will give you all the glory and the honor and praise. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And you may be seated this morning. Amen. When hearing from God ain't fun. Amen. They say that bad news travels faster than good news. How many of you have ever been offended? Do you know why you get offended? Because you want to. <laughs> Scripture says, great peace have they which love thy law and nothing 
shall offend them. Amen. So if you get offended, you get offended because you want to get offended. Amen. This is why your relationship with Jesus Christ must be intact. You must love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And nothing, Paul said, should be able to separate you from the love of God. Amen. Jesus told us that offenses would come. And as a matter of fact, he even brought some of those offenses when he began to call the religious leaders devils. Many of them was offended by his comments. Some of his teachings, amen, they became offended by his teaching because it went against the doctrines and the teachings that they have been taught. So many people today, amen, even in the church are offended by what things are said, not realizing that the Word of God is quick and is powerful and is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividers of under of soul and spirit and joint and marrow and is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of our heart. The book of Acts began with a thrust coming forth. The Bible says that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place and suddenly there came from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and it appeared unto them clothed in tongues like as the fire and it set upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. The church began to go forth quickly. Amen. And it was the third chapter that we quickly see that signs and miracles uh, and wonders are began to take place. And the fourth chapter we quickly see that persecutions against the church is starting to come. And in Acts chapter 5 we see that God is not going to put up with wrong and we see the death of Ananias and Sapphira. Amen. But we in the church must wisen up. The church isn't always going to be about peachy, creamy, hunky-dory. When God wants our attention, sometimes, like any other father, he will become stern in his speech to us. Amen. Don't get me wrong. God is love and we are to love one another and we should always present the truth in love and we should ever endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit and the, the bonds of peace. But but hearing from God isn't always going to be fun. Paul speaking to the church at Corinth in the 10th chapter, he says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and was all baptized by Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and did all eat the same spiritual meat, and did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they was overthrown in the wilderness. I came to tell you today that hearing from God isn't always going to be fun. When God told Samuel, he says, I want you to go down to Jesse's house and there's a man there I want you to anoint uh, to be the king in the place of Saul. And Samuel said to the Lord, if Saul hears it, he will kill me. 
So God is asking him to do something, and Samuel is saying, wait a minute, if I do this and Saul finds out, he's going to kill me, so I don't really know if this is going to be fun for me to go down there and to begin to tell him and anoint someone else in his place. Amen. You see, some folks think it's easy just being a preacher. This is why some people get offended uh, when the preacher began to preach the word of God and is coming in God's stead. God is trying to get your attention. God is trying to give you a wake-up call. And we know that if we don't present it right, that you're not going to accept it. And you might pull something out and try to take me out. Amen. (laughs) You know, some people even leave the church when the word of God hit them the right way. But you should not be offended because God is trying to get our attention. God is trying to get us in line because God is not about destroying. He's about saving. Amen. When God told Moses to tell the children of Israel that all all those are 20 years and old was going to die in the wilderness, Moses did not think that was fun. He was not willing to start to tell them that quickly, not realizing, amen, that he has family here. To tell your own family that you're going to die, amen, is not a fun thing to do. Amen. And so because they was disobedient to the voice of God. Amen. We must learn that when God speaks, it's for our good and not for our destruction. God wants us to turn around. God wants us to get it right because He's a God of righteousness. When God called Abraham, He said to Abraham, Abraham, you leave home and I will bless you. Was this a good thing for Abraham to leave home? He left home, the Bible says. He sojourned in the land of promise, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac. And Jacob's the heirs of the same promise. But then one day God appeared to Abraham and he says, Abraham, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. That was not a fun thing to hear from God because, you see, Abraham knew that he's got a nephew down there in Sodom and Gomorrah. And his nephew's got some kids down there in Sodom and Gomorrah. And God is saying, I am going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And so God, amen, Abraham began to say, what shall the God Almighty, amen, will he destroy everybody? He was saying, wait a minute, God, I know you are just God and I know you are fair God. And I know you're not going to destroy everybody. So let me ask you a question. If there's 50 righteous down there, would you destroy that city for 50 righteous? And God says, if there's 50, I won't destroy the city. He says, well, don't. Let me ask you one more time, God. Is there 45? Would you destroy the city? And God says, if there's 45, I won't destroy the city. He went all the way down to 10. And God says, if I find ten righteous in that city, I will not destroy that city. And the next morning when Abraham walked out uh, and he looked across the horizon, he saw smoke ascending from the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. Amen. Because God did not find ten righteous in the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. And it wasn't long after that uh, that Abraham had a son called Isaac. 
Isaac. And God appeared to Abraham. And he says, Abraham, now take your only son, Isaac, the promised son, and take him to a mount that I will show you. And there I want you to sacrifice him to me as an offering. This was not fun to hear from God. But Abraham believed God, the Bible says, and it was counted to him for righteous. Amen. And we know that the story unfolds of how God provided a ram in the bush. Amen. For Abraham in the place of Isaac. Hezekiah was sick on his bed in Isaiah 38. And the Bible said that the Lord appeared to Isaiah and said, Go tell Hezekiah to set his house in order, for he shall not live but die. Can you imagine receiving news you're sick, but yet a man of God come and tell you that you're not going to live, but you're going to die. Amen. Hezekiah, when he heard the things of God... He turned his face to the wall, and he began to repent of his sins. And God gave him 15 years, amen, a newness of life. You see, God's overall purpose, when it's not fun that's coming to you, is he's trying to give you a wake-up call. He's trying to show you you're on the wrong path. He's trying to show you that you're not walking in righteousness. He's trying to show you that the trail that you are following is going to lead to destruction. And so like any good father, he stands in the way and God says, turn around. Amen. And so he sends a more sterner reproach uh, to our lives to get our attention here. Amen. Hezekiah could have probably just laid on his bed and felt when he recovered he'd have been alright. But God says, no, you need to set your house uh, in order because you're not going to live. You're going to die. Paul says, no, you not uh, that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost, uh, which is in you. You're not your own. You are brought with the price. Therefore, glorify God and uh, your body and your spirit, uh, which is God's. Amen. We need to wake up uh, and realize that hearing from God is not always going to be fun. When Saul fell to destroy the Amalekites, as God has sent him to do. And for Samuel fifteen ten, the Bible says, Then came the word of the Lord to Samuel, saying, It repenteth me that I have set up Saul to be king, for he is turned back from following me and have not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried unto the Lord all night. And when Samuel rose early to meet Saul in the morning, it was told Samuel, saying, Saul came to Carmel, and behold, set him up a place, and is gone about, and passed on, and gone down to Gilgal. And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed be thou of the Lord, I have performed the commandments of the Lord. Amen. And Samuel said, What meaneth then is this bleating of the sheep in mine ears, and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? And Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites. For the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God. And the rest we have utterly destroyed. Then Samuel said to Saul, Stay here and let me tell you what the Lord told me tonight. This is not getting ready to be a fun thing. Hearing from God is always fun. 
And Samuel said to him, When thou was little in thine own sight, was not now made the head of the tribe of Israel? And the Lord anointed thee king over Israel. And the Lord sent thee on a journey and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. Wherefore then did thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but did fly upon the spoil, and did evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said to Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and have gone the way of the Lord, that the which the Lord sent me. And have brought Agad the king of Amalek, and have utterly stored the Amalekites. But the people took of the spoil, sheep and oxen, the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. And Samuel said, Have the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he have also rejected thee from being king. And Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned. For I have transgressed the commandments of the Lord and thy words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Now therefore, I pray thee, pardon my sin and turn again with me, that I may worship the Lord. And Samuel said unto Saul, I will not return with thee, for thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected thee from being the king of Israel. You see, when he heard this negative report, when it wasn't fun, he began to take matters into his own hand. The stern rebuke for him should have caused him to repent. He could have had a successful kingdom if he would have repent of his sins and his wrongdoing. But no, he took matters into his own hands. And we know that Saul went down and then killed on the battlefield by the same ones that he did not destroy at the onset. Amen. I've come to tell you this morning that hearing from God isn't always fun. When you're doing wrong, when you have not obeyed the voice of the Lord, and you know what you should have done. Therefore, James says, to him that know to do good and do it not, to him it is sin. Saul knew what to do was right, but he chose to do what was wrong. And as a result, he gets a stern rebuke from God, and he did not turn his heart to God, but he turned himself away from God. The Bible says today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart in the days of provocation. You need to realize that when God sends a stern rebuke, it is time for you to repent and to turn from your wicked ways and turn unto God. David thought it was okay after he had sinned with Bathsheba, but when God sent Nathan the prophet down to David to begin to tell him about his sins. Nathan came to David and he began to tell a parable about a wayward traveler that had came through. And the wayward traveler and the man took of the wayward other man's sheep and he gave to the wayward traveler. And when it was all said and done, and David was angry. It was revealed to him that he was the man. 
And David says, I have sinned against God. Hearing from God isn't always fun. You see, this is why when the Word of God is sent to you by the ministry, amen, whether prophet or evangelist or pastor or teacher, God will reveal to you your sins. This is why many people, when they come to church and they know they're wrong, and God's Word begin to hit them in their hearts and begin to touch them in their minds, they realize, amen, that they're wrong, but yet they choose not to change. The Bible says, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. Don't you know that adultery and fornication and witchcraft and hatred and all these evils shall not inherit the kingdom of God. It's not fun when God is exposing your sin for gossip. It is not fun when God is exposing your sin for not tithing correctly. It's not fun when God tells you out on pornography. It's not fun when you've been uh, fornicating all night uh, and then come into the house of God. It's not fun, amen, when God revealed that you've been drinking uh, and smoking and doping uh, and doing wrong uh, and you know it's wrong. You see, it's not fun when God calls you on your sin for gossiping, backbiting, uh, and telling lies and cheating and stealing. It's not fun when the Word of God comes across at you that way. Because you think it's okay because everybody else is doing it. But God is trying to give you a wake-up call. He's trying to bring you back in line with His Word. God is not willing, the Bible says, that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. They asked Jesus about in Luke chapter uh, 13. Amen. He says, suppose those were sinners more than all. He says, but I tell you, nay, but except you repent, you shall also likewise perish. Amen. God is going to call us on our wrong. You're not going to get by. I'm here to tell you. God is not going to let you as his child. And no father will ever let you continue to do wrong and not call you to get it right. This is why God's word is quick and is powerful. He knows the things we do wrong. He knows. Amen. But the good thing about it, the Bible tells us that he knows the way that we take. And he has our best interests at heart. And if you're sinning, God is going to cause you on that sin. If you're watching pornography, God is going to cause you on it. If you're not tithing correctly, he's going to call you on it. This is why the Bible says, consider your ways. You need to take a look. Examine yourself, Paul says, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own self. Don't you know that Christ is in you, except you be a reprobate. But I trust that you know that you're not a reprobate. You are the child of the Most High God. And this is why you've got to live right. You've got to do right. If not, God will destroy you. Amen. There's coming a judgment day, Paul says, that we've all got to stand before the judgment seat of God to give an account of the things done in this life. This is why we must wake up and heed the warning of God. 
This is why the Bible says, Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. David says, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. For thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and it is a light unto my pathway. The entrance to thy word giveth light. So God sends the word down to David to, to let him know that he's on the wrong pathway. But what did David do? He repented of his sins, and he turned around, and David was called a man of the God's own heart. God has your best interests as heart. You know when you're doing wrong as a child of God. That's the uniqueness. And so God desires us to get it right. Jesus says, no man can enter heaven but by me. He's the judge. So what would your record reveal if he stood before him right now? When Belshazzar replaced his father, Nebuchadnezzar, he decided to have a good party. He threw a party. He threw a bash, invited all his friends, and he took all the vessels out of the house of God and began to drink wine in those vessels. And all of a sudden, a hand came out and wrote on the wall, Many, many, Tekla, Yefarsen. And when Belshazzar saw that, the Bible says his knees began to shake. He began to quake. He began to fear. Amen. And he didn't know what to do. And he called all the astrologers. He called all the smoothsayers. He called all the Chaldeans to try to get somebody to tell him what the handwriting on the wall was saying. He was afraid in his life. Amen. But when the woman told him that Daniel was there, and when Daniel came in, and he began to tell Daniel, if you can translate this for me, I'll put a gold chain around your neck. I'll make you the third in command. And Daniel says, oh, no, no, no. I don't need your money. I don't need your gifts. I don't need anything you're trying to give me. Let me tell you what the writing on the wall says. God says, you know what I did to your father Nebuchadnezzar. And you should have obeyed. You should have been able to see what has happened. But no, you chose to do your own way. And so God said to him, many is this. Amen. God have judged you. And you have been found in the balance. But you're found lacking. In other words, your life don't align with the word of God. And so that night, amen, he was destroyed, amen, as the king of Israel. Because God's is not always fun. Because Belshazzar never repented. He never turned around when Daniel told him what was wrong. The Bible says in Hebrews 12, 5, And you have forgotten. And you have forgotten the exaltation which speaketh as to you as children. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. 
for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourge every son whom he receiveth. If you endure chastising, God deals with you as with sons. For what sons is he hath the Father chastened not? But if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have fathers of our flesh, which correct us and has gave them reverence. Shall we not much more rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chasten us after our own pleasure, but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening of the present seems to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. This is what Paul is trying to get us to see. He says, you have forgotten the exhortation of God. God is saying, amen, as a child, I'm going to correct you. You are mine. You're not your own. I'm my your heavenly father. And so when you do wrong, God says, I'm going to stand a strong rebuke. I'm going to hit you where it hurts. And I'm going to cause you to see where you're wrong at. I'm going to reveal to you your sins. I'm going to reveal to you the wrong pathway you're on. I'm going to reveal to you everything that you're doing that is not like me so that you can turn around so you can repent and get your life right because I'm not willing that you should perish but that you shall reign with me forever and ever. I did not bring you out to leave you. I brought you out to carry you in. I'm carrying you to a better place but you've got to be obedient to your Heavenly Father if you're going to get to the right place. As he told Job, amen, as Job begins with his friends and as he began to complain a little bit, God finally came down. And when you read the book of Job, Job chapter 38 to 41, are questions that God is hitting Job with. And they're not fun. God says to Job in Job 38, 1 and 3, Then the Lord answered him out of a whirlwind. So who is this that darkened counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up thy lawns like a man, and I will dwell the man of thee, and answer thou me. And so from chapter 38 to chapter 41, God has hit him in every verse. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Where were you? Where were you? Can you pull an alligator out of the river with a hook? He says, where are you? Where were you when I when I put the stars in heaven? Can you tell me when a cow is going to have a calf? He's hitting him with all kinds of hard questions. Those questions are not fun that God is answering Esther and Job because he can't answer them. And neither can you and I. And then God hits Job with this. And Job 40, he says, Shall he that contend with the Almighty God instruct him? He that reproveth God, let him answer it. Then Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I am vow. What shall I answer thee? I will put my hand upon my mouth. Amen. Job realized he didn't have the answer. He realized those questions was not fun. He realized that he was on the wrong path. And in Job 42, 
2, 5 through 6. Job says, I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see thee. Wherefore I abhorred myself, and I repent in dust and ashes. Job realized he's on the wrong path. And when God hit him with all those questions, he realized, I need to turn around. And he began to repent of his sins right there. Amen. I want you to know that God is not willing that you should perish. He has your best interests at heart. You just need to consider your ways and ask yourself, am I on the right road? Am I on the wrong road? David realized his and immediately said, I have sinned against God. He began to repent of his wrongdoings and his ways. And God began to call him a man after his own heart. The writer of Paul would later write to the church at Hebrews, Wherefore, holy brothers, today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart in the days of provocation and the days of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempt me and prove me and saw thy my works forty years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, They do always err in their hearts, and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they should not enter into my rest. Hebrews 3, 7 through 15. Take heed, brethren. Here's our warning. Here comes our warning. Take heed, brethren. Lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. But exalt one another daily while it is called today. Lest any of you be heartened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ. For as many of you have been baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ. And if you be Christ's, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. We are made partakers with Christ. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end, while it is said today, if you hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in provocation. No chastening for the present. Seem joyous? It doesn't. When you get a stern rebuke, it, there's, no, there's no fun in that. But notice what he says. But it's grievous. It's grievous when somebody calls you on doing wrong. It's grievous when God corrects, word corrects you. But notice what the purpose is. Nevertheless, at the words... It yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. You see, it's going to accomplish. This is why the Lord said to Isaiah, 
as the rain comes down from heaven and the snow and water the earth and return not thither, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return void, but shall accomplish that which I sent it to do. And God's word is being sent today to you and I, amen, to get us on the right track. Because I believe that the way the world is right now, our redemption is drawing nigh. Jesus said, when you see these things coming upon the earth, he says, look up, for your redemption draweth nigh. We need to get ready for the coming of the Lord. No, God's word ain't always going to be fun when you hear it. But when you accept it, as David did, when you accept it, as they did of old, amen, and you turn your life and you begin to repent of your sins, you will find out that God has your best interests at heart, and He will bless you abundantly. He will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you won't have room enough to, to receive it. On the day of Pentecost, when Peter called them on their wall, they was pricked in their hearts, and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is to you and to all your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. With many other words did he testify and exalt, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. And they that gladly received his word was baptized. And they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and prayer. I come to tell you today, hear from God ain't going to always be fun. But I want you to leave with this in your mind. He has your best heart. He has your best interests. But it starts with you repenting and turning around. So when you walk out this door, you know you're on the right track. Praise God. Let's stand this morning. Oh, my. When Agabus, the prophet, came down, and he took Paul's girdle, and he bound Paul's hand, and he bound Paul's feet. And he says, Thus saith the Lord, the Holy Ghost, the ones whose girdle this is, is going to be bound. They tried to prevent Paul from going to Jerusalem. They try to stop him. They cry. They weep. But Paul says, what mean you to weep and to break my heart? He says, I'm not only ready to be bound at Jerusalem for Jesus. I'm ready to die for him. 
In other words, Paul was saying, I'm ready to sell out. (laughs) I'm sold out for Christ. That's why he could write in Romans 8, Amen, who shall separate me from the love of Christ? Shall tribulations, or distress, or persecution, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? He says, as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep unto the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that love us. For I am persuaded that neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. Paul said, don't try to stop me. Amen. Don't try to stop me just because I get word, amen, that I'm going to be bound. Amen. Don't try to stop me because I love the Lord too much to fail him now. I love him too much to break my vow. For I promised the Lord I will make it somehow and I love him too much to fail him now. And I come to tell you today that hear from God is not always going to be fun. But on the other side, we can shout our troubles over. When we stand before that judgment seat, because we have heed his word, and we got it right. We repented of our sin. These altars are open this morning. 